a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section, the stupidest breakup I've ever been a part of, including the freshman year of college when my friend Julie broke up with me because I wasn't available to her beck and call during finals week. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Chapter 6, Draco's Detour, in which the Weasleys and all of their many extra children go to Diagon Alley, where the trio thinks it's like a really cool, fun, safe idea to follow Draco Malfoy into Nocturne Alley, just because we're curious. <laughs> I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley. And I'm very, very, very excited because our special guest today is Kara Badalamenti, author of The Cursed Coven, coming from Wilding Press this September. What? Say hello to the listeners, Kara. Hi, listeners. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I'm really glad you're here. It's funny because we've been trying for a very long time in our relationship about one book. And this is, I think, maybe the first time we've ever talked about any other book. Fair. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Except for that one book club meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Kara, tell us what's up with Cursed Coven. I've definitely plugged it on this show before, but let's hear it from the author's in the author's own words, uh, tell us about Cursed Coven. Yeah, so Cursed Coven is a young adult witchy fantasy romance novel that comes out on September 26th of 2023, so this year. And it is all about um, stressy, messy, found family and lovers that really just argue about being enemies and a lot of sexy, impulsive mistakes. So it is a... If I say myself, a damn good time. Sounds like a damn good time. <laughs> it, it's extremely fun. The The endorsement quote that we chose to put on the back cover is destructive, sexy, and witchy from Emily Blackwood. And I think that just really sums it up. I do too. Obsessed with that endorsement. Absolutely. I like stressy, messy. I'm going to steal that. Oh, I, I use it every single time I talk about it because I literally can't think of a better descriptor yeah. for this found family. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Yeah. <laughs> So, Kara, tell us, what is your Harry Potter history? When did you read the books? When did you watch the movies? What's up? Uh, Harry Potter was, like, a big part of my life growing up. So I started reading Harry Potter right around the time, and this is, like, kind of, like, a sad milestone to always, like, draw it back to, but it just, like, worked out time-wise. But it was right when my parents were getting divorced, which was 2001. So a few of the books had already been published. I was kind of, like, entering it, like, halfway down the series and um, really was a perfect escape for me at that point in my life, um, just as a kid trying to, you know, get out of the stressy, messy family of her own life and wow. escape into something better. And so, yeah, honestly, I say all the time that Harry Potter saved my life. Um, at that point in time, that was really when I realized what anxiety was and all that fun stuff. Started going to therapy Still there. Wow. Is that doing because you things? were reading Harry and you were like, this kid has an anxiety problem? <laughs> no, no, no. It's because my parents divorced. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you're not doing well. You're using escapism to a really concerning degree. You're going to therapy. Um, wow. But no, no, no. I still, it was an absolute wonderful escape for me in the time. It was a really healthy coping mechanism at the age that I was. Um, so yeah. says all my therapists. So, um, 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I, I am in love with Harry Potter. Really sad with, you know, the recent stuff with the author that I've kind of had to emotionally disconnect and dissociate from that. So now I'm like fanfic central yeah. when it comes to Harry Potter. Anything that's yeah. not canon, I'm obsessed with. But I still like have a really deep emotional connection with the um, canon material. I just don't talk about it as much anymore or try and endorse it as much um, just to totally. try and do right by the community JKR wronged. So totally. I think we're on the exact same page. Pretty much, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. We're so excited. Kara, what if you if this is something you give a shit about, what Hogwarts house are you? Oh, I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> no questions <laughs> asked. Hey. Yeah, always have been. Hey. Always have been, always will be. Um I mean every aspect of my personality fits Ravenclaw. So I love yeah. that for you. What wow. about you guys? Hard same. Yeah. yeah Haley's Hard same Rava a Ravenclaw. It's I like I can't even hide it. I don't even try to. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's no other option. <laughs> like, how about I just get bigger glasses? You're, you're what we call the mad scientist Ravenclaw. Like Oh, nice. That's a good like, endorsement. Um, Those are my favorite kinds. Like that scientist guy from Independence Day. You know the one. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the Jeff Goldblum one? Or no, no, no the no, one. No, the other. Oh, oh the one they keep. Hair. Oh, the one you they keep underground. Jeff- <laughs> they keep the, they keep that guy underground. Are you referring to that guy? Because yes. I take it back because with your hair, you actually have to be Jeff Goldblum's character. Okay. <laughs> as long as I get to have a shirtless scene like Jurassic Park, just like the full Jeff Goldblum canon. Wait, give me one fucking second. Okay, independent. I'm saying the full Jeff Goldblum canon. I just, I want to do all the hits. <laughs> I think his glasses might even look like your glasses in this movie. Just give me one second. Okay, no, they don't. They're a little, well, they actually kind of do. They actually kind of fucking do. Uh, they, they're like a full frame. Haley's is like a half frame. They're not dissimilar. Anyway, uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be outsmarted on this podcast um, with all these Ravenclaws. <laughs> What's a little Hufflepuff to do? <laughs> Make friends. I don't know about all that. I thought, Kara, when I saw the mushrooms on your on your baby doll tee, that you might be a fellow puff. <laughs> no, I'm wearing um I'm wearing a t-shirt with a pine cone on it from my one of my favorite podcasts. Completely arbitrary. Nice. Yeah. No. Honestly, I say to everyone always, I wish more than anything I could be like a nature-loving cottagecore aesthetic girly. Like, I want that for myself more than anything in the entire world. But I am, like, a library bird. Like, I swear, I want the dark. I want the dusty. I want, like, my little, you know, like, hole I can, like, burrow into. I am just... I should have brought you on for Spinner's End when they go to Snape's house, and Mm. it's, like, just, like, dusty books everywhere. literally. That is... Yeah, that's yeah. that's my preferred aesthetic. Well, again, I wish I was a little different, but that's just who I am. I'm done. I, I'm to the point now to where I'm just done denying it. Yeah, well, they're not far off from each other. Like, I think you're describing the bog witch aesthetic, which I personally resonate with, with which is uh, very similar to the cottage core aesthetic, but uh, dingier, swampier, yeah, yeah. boggier, yeah, if you will, dingier. But yeah, I think the the thing that I can't achieve too with like the cottage core aesthetic is that I actually don't enjoy being outside. Like I like mm. outdoors being near me, but I like to look out the window or like peek out the door <laughs> and see pretty things. But I don't want to be out there with the bugs and the UV rays and all the things. I like to be inside 
where there is less light and air conditioning. Yes, yes, but if you're a bug witch, you're in, you are inside anyway, making potions. It, exactly. Yes, I think I think you just discovered my whole aesthetic, bog witch aesthetic. I am Join going me. to share that everywhere now. <laughs> I'm I'm already there. Uh, I love that for you guys. Do you want to get into the chapter? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for it. We're in the part of the book that has Harry in it, so I'm like less into it than I was for the first couple chapters, which don't have Harry in them, and I find them very fun. <laughs> but we're getting into the book proper. We're already like, oh my god, why did I think I could do quick math? We're like six of thirty, one fifth. We're already twenty percent into the book. I'm not gonna check your math. I think that's right. I, I mean, just, just in my head. looking at the book that looks close <laughs> to being right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe let's go with 18%, maybe. Half-Blood Prince, I mean, at least going by chapter numbers, maybe not by page numbers. Half-Blood Prince blows by. Maybe that's just because it skipped the Harry Potter was a very special boy chapter. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It literally did. Well, Kara, I should have asked, how do you feel about this book in particular, the Half-Blood Prince? Like, where does it rank for you? Mm, That's a great question. I think when I was actually reading so by the time this book came out I was like caught up with the series and I was like waiting you remember what used to happen back in the day when Harry Potter would come out it was like put up a tent outside oh me and my dad put up tents every single time I think it was five six and seven that I waited outside of a Barnes and Noble to like buy it immediately the next morning and six I think at that point was probably like maybe my lowest or my second to lowest but now that I'm older and I understand, like, the emotional journey that Harry goes through a little bit more, I actually think this is probably, like, right middle of the line for me now um, out of all right. seven of the books. So I've maybe, heard a like, lot of people, including myself, with that same opinion where, as a kid, it kind of feels like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, where's the war that we've been ta- talking about that we get to so much in the next book? But I totally agree with you that as an adult... I enjoy reading it a lot more, and I'm starting to think it's my favorite book. I don't know. Mm, that's high praise. I don't know. It's I, just fun as hell. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on, but I don't, in my opinion, in terms of, like, pacing and action and stuff, that nothing beats the Triwizard Cup, so number four will always be my favorite book and movie. Oh, nice. That one is also extremely fun. Yeah. It's, like, just starting to get a little mature. Yeah, exactly. And there's, like, a lot of, like, at least when I was that age reading it, like, I was so worried for his safety and well-being every single time. Like, I was really thinking. I was like, Harry's going to do himself in and get some kind of wound. I was like, this is going to be bad. Usually he, like, just plays Quidditch and, like, maybe has a Quidditch injury. And then at the end of the year, there's an actual dangerous situation. That book, it's just dangerous situations are the norm. Exactly. I, yeah. I felt like it was like a roller coaster ride at that age. I was just like, yeah. what's going on? Uh, <laughs> I like have explicit memories of like the day I read. Well, and I and I literally say the day because I read it in almost 24 hours um, when the fourth book was out. So, Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I actually like went to the hospital reading the seventh one. <laughs> Y'all, I love Harry Potter that much. So I stayed up all night with my dad in a tent outside of Barnes Noble to get the seventh book. You know, it was the big finale. I was so excited. I went home and then I stayed up two more days finishing it because that one's a honker. So it took me a full 48 hours to finish. My dad literally brought me all three of my meals and took my trays away. Like he just like let me be a bog witch in my little hobbit hole. And I ended up bursting a blood vessel in my eye. 
Oh my god. And my god. dad freaked out. He, he was a single dad. He didn't know, like, know what like what to do or how to deal with it. So he just took me to the ER instead of like an eye doctor. And the ER was like, yeah, she like overstrained her eyes. Here's some Tylenol. <laughs> Wait, so you <laughs> I thought you'd been injured, like, in some unrelated, like, you've, got, like, wandered into traffic and got hit by a car, just something no, completely I, incidental. No, no you injured yourself hard. reading too hard. I literally read, when I stayed up for, like, almost 72, like, I didn't sleep, I stayed up for uh, almost I 72 mean, hours, and I, I overstrained my eyes. So now, literally, like, what is that, o- over maybe 15 years later... Now, every mm. time I read for too long, that part of my eye gets, like, inflamed. And I can see, oh like, God. the blood vessel that I burst. It, like, gets really red and angry. And I'm like, the, all because of the seventh Harry Potter book. And then, <laughs> you know, really is. I read the end of that book, too. And I remember thinking I was, like, we were driving to the ER. And I was like, I don't even know if that was worth it. <laughs> Hurting my eye that bad just for the end of Harry Potter. <laughs> It's, that's so funny. That really is like an indoor girl, dark academia type of issue. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you. You're the alpha Ravenclaw. It's my aesthetic. I really can't get past it. I've tried to reinvent myself, and I just am who I am. You should get a monocle for the one eye. <laughs> Have you guys seen Heathers? I She has. She uses, Winona Wright uses a fucking monocle in the Heathers, dude. I don't remember that. I rewatched it recently and I was like, that's a fucking monocle. When does she wear a monocle? Like the whole time. Anytime she's reading her writing, she has a monocle. I have no memory of this place. It's uh, so uh, funny. Uh, all right, we got to rewatch Heathers. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's a good one. Yesterday. Um, okay, let's get to the chapter Draco's Detour. And I love anytime we get to hang out with Draco, especially in these last couple books. Kara, how do you feel about Drury? Oh, I, I at this point, I ship everyone with everyone, thanks to Harry Potter <laughs> fan fiction. Hell yeah. I am here for it. I mean, Harry with Draco, Draco with Hermione, Ron with Harry. Like, I literally will ship <laughs> any sh- of sh- these people. I ship that. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> I think my favorite shipping is with the previous Hogwarts generation. So, like, Remus oh, yeah, and, and the crew. Um, but I digress. Uh, yeah, no, I'm here for Drury. And I think that the insults thrown in this chapter are just so savage for, like, the age range of the book, like a middle grade book I was reading yeah. it today. I was like, snap, savage. So yeah, I think that's my favorite part savage. is, like, Draco will clap back. Like, he does not fucking care. And I love <laughs> it. I'm here for it. He's like, I've already subscribed to the villain trope, so I'm just yeah. going to go hard. <laughs> so let's start it starts with a bit of a montage about harry being at the weasleys they just like be playing quidditch and hanging out and shit like bad stuff's happening in the real world but they're in this little oasis in this ottery saint catchpole <laughs> this yeah this cha- like the start of this chapter kind of feels like uh, the early months of lockdown yeah like- like honestly, oh. most of the chapter feels like the early months of lockdown. Like you're, it does. Kind of just right. chilling at home with whoever you're at home with, and like parts of life are normal. Your parts of life are even idyllic. Some parts of life are downright improved. Uh, and then you hear about stuff going on in the outside mm-hmm. world. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point. Also, I just feel bad. Well, I mean, this was kind of Harry's norm for a long time until he, you know found his found family but um his birthday compared to other um 
you know, other books, it seems pretty depressing too. Like, I think he did not have a great birthday this year. And I feel like that's very on brand with what they were having to deal with in the outside world too. Yeah, it's Harry's birthday. There's Dementor attacks. They found Karkarov's body. He managed to, they mentioned that he managed Mm to uh, stay away from the Death Eaters for a year. Whereas when... uh, Regulus. Regulus. My brain was like, not Remus. And then it was like, Rodolphus. Too many fucking fancy names in this book series. Regulus, when he defected, they caught up with him in a day. Yeah. Yeah. But he was also but a boy, right? Yeah. I was also kind of wondering about, like, they just said Igor Karkarov's body in a shack up north. And I'm like, in the north of the UK? He didn't try to go anywhere else? Surely they mean... Russia or en route, like Russian or Bulgarian, like something. Bulgarian. But like they're saying up north, like it's you know just up north. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you, you can apparate, bro. You, they don't oh, have yeah, like maybe they don't have like he, a global presence. The Death Eaters, <laughs> like as far as we know, huh. they're mostly a Britain thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you're Igor Karkaroff. Boldy Voldemort comes back at the end of. Goblet of Fire. There's definitely going to be an inquiry because a kid died. You run away. <laughs> where do you go? <laughs> Even if you can apparate, where do you go? North of Canada. <laughs> Maybe that's what the North is. Do have they have a presence that? in the North of Canada? Are there Death Eaters in Canada? Mm-hmm. Are there Canadian Death Eaters? Eh? <laughs> that's a really good point. I don't know. I feel like they barely acknowledge that America exists in this book. They series. barely acknowledge the that anywhere except the UK exists, in the, except for hey. f- except for the French. Well, I was gonna say that we this leave. is where I learned what Mallorca is, but isn't that owned by the UK? I'm not or is it sure. Not? Okay, back to Google. Mallorca. Uh, I don't know. It's spelled like nothing you would ever. It's know Mallorca. It. Oh, it's an island in Spain. Mm. I'm stupid. It's Spanish. Don't listen to me. I'm not a geography doctor. <laughs> also, Florian Fortescue. Remember that cool ice cream guy? Abducted. Also, remember Ollivander? That cool magic wand guy? Abducted. Yeah. It's not looking good. No. I literally highlighted he used to give me free ice cream. That's so mm-hmm. sweet and sad. I was like, ugh, my heart. I know, and that's such a fun part of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. when Harry's like living his solo life in Diagon Alley, and he, because he's eight or whatever, no, he's 13, is <laughs> just eating ice cream every day while he's doing his homework. <laughs> because he's eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Fucking Ollivander just got abducted. We don't rescue him for like 18 months. Yeah. So let's think about that real quick. Yeah. He's fuck he's, that old man. I don't know. He's don't really know. brittle. Uh, well, I think he's he's a total badass for surviving that long. That's pretty impressive at his age. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know. They surely they gave him a mattress in his little <laughs> I don't know at least I don't know I forget what's canon in the books but at least in the movies he's like on a it bed of straw <laughs> yeah uh come on I mean if you gotta take captives fine but at least give them a cute little apartment 
like in Game of Thrones, when you abduct a lord, you got to give him like a wing of yeah, your house. Yeah, something. <laughs> like, especially because he's, you know, one of the premier wand makers. And like, if you're like wizard supremacists or whatever the fuck, like, surely you would want to try to get him on your side. Like, well, maybe be nice they do. to him or something. Maybe they abducted him to the Malfoy Manor and they're treating him nicely right now. Maybe. And then he just, and he's, he just ends up in that it. dungeon. Yeah. yeah. He ends up in the dungeon because he ain't having it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> really, though? That's what I'd be doing. I mean, he, Slughorn also is like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. And Dumbledore is like, fuck, looking at his ha- fucked up hand. He's like, I'm also too old for this shit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So they get their Hogwarts letters. Oh, my God. Harry's been made Quidditch captain. That's, like, so fun, I think, after him not getting made prefect last year. It's like, but mm-hmm. he gets a little something, and he actually earned it, guys. This yeah. is one thing he actually earned. Would you believe it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's really true to his arc, too. I think if it was written a different way and he ended up in some other position of power, it wouldn't have felt as, like, true to, like, his origin. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Dumbledore's army last year is something that he felt very much like he had to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is life or death. And Quidditch has always been the one thing in his life that like, isn't life or death. Yeah. Even though I guess they kind of act like it is. So I feel like it's like, okay, well I'll just do this thing that I like. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I agree. Um, Ron makes a super like not joking joke about, whether Harry will let him back on the yeah. team and it's like oh no <laughs> I know I noticed that too I was like again kind of like savage <laughs> okay what would you guys do what would you guys do if you were Harry would you let Ron just be back on the team would you tell him no well I am like one of the least competitive person like people that I have ever come in contact with like as marrying into the family that I did, my in-laws are so competitive and I couldn't actually care less than I currently do. They hate playing games with me. They <laughs> hate making bets with me. Like, I just what don't care. What is it about competitive? Because I'm not very competitive either, but my most competitive friends are, like, mad at me yeah. for not being competitive yeah. enough. It's a thing. <laughs> People get mad at you because I think it makes them feel bad that they care so much about what I would consider, like, a more insignificant thing. And I don't judge people. Yes. Like, uh, the competitiveness is a very common trait. It, it is what it is. I'm just not. So if I was Harry, I would straight up be like, sure, Ron, you're my buddy. (laughs) Come on the team. We'll (laughs) lose every game. I could care less. I'm just here for a good time. (laughs) A lot of people make fun of millennials, too, for like that participation trophy mentality. Oh, yeah. I subscribe to that wholeheartedly. I just want everyone to feel welcome and appreciated. Yeah, it's like you did the thing. Well done. And I don't care that other people hate that mentality now. I I abide by it wholeheartedly. I it is it, it is me. I am the like participation trophy type girl. I love I'm, it. I'm trying to remember, like, since Harry is a new captain, does he kind of have to give everyone tryouts technically? Well, I think that's what he does. Okay. He makes, I, I mean, right? Doesn't everyone try out? I think he ends up holding tryouts for all of the positions just because enough people have left mm-hmm. yeah. since last year that he's like, I, all right, fuck it. I guess we're doing just a whole new thing. Yeah. Because um, he does have, there is like a keeper tryout. 
So it might mm-hmm. just be yeah, like it might just be like good form, like when there's a new captain to hold tryouts or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, because he doesn't try out for Seeker every single year. It's just huh. like he is grandfathered in. He didn't even try out for Seeker the first time. True. <laughs> he got handpicked, baby. He got voluntold. <laughs> yeah. Yes, voluntold. I probably I don't really care that much about winning, but I would be afraid of like other people being mad at me that the team wasn't winning because just because I picked my best friend. So I would probably very diplomatically hold tryouts like Harry did and Ron objectively, <clears throat> Hermione, does better in the tryouts. So Harry's hands are tied. I think that Harry d- handles this very diplomatically. I agree. Because of the same anxiety, I would very diplomatically simply not be playing Quidditch at all. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. For sure, same. Yeah, fair enough. I don't do well in three dimensions. Like my vision, I can play kickball and soccer okay, but the three dimensions aren't good for me. So Quidditch, no. Yeah, it's the it's the going fast and having to remain coordinated while going fast. Like I I didn't get my driver's license she till I was like twenty four. <laughs> I was twenty four years old when I learned to drive. So no, no, no. I'm gonna apparate. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I can hear you there. I didn't have the same like age difference timeline with getting my driver's license but I just hate driving I thoroughly dislike the process of it and also I just know I'm not very good at it so I want to protect myself and everyone else on the road I'm assuming it would be the exact same thing on a broom as I am in a car but um also my whole thing is I've never been great at like team sports like growing up Mm -hmm. I did like dance and gymnastics and then pole vaulting and track and field and things that like Yes, like your per- your like performance impacts like the greater team, but I was never like on a relay team where like, you know, you're really trying to like win something together. Yeah, you're yeah. coordinating was always, with like, other people. Exactly. And it's not that I can't. I'm, you know, quite good at that. I think I just get caught up in bringing everyone else down. So I don't even think I would be attracted to Quidditch just because it's a team sport. Like if I could you know, do my thing off in the sidelines. Like if I, you know, like kind of, I'm imagining like a Quidditch version of track and field where I'm just like sprinting, flying as fast as I can with my broom back and forth. <laughs> I could, I would do that. And then, yeah. you know, if I got points or whatever, it was for the greater good, but I can't do like the traditional like sporty games, like soccer, right. volleyball, I, all I those think, things. I think if I was playing Quidditch at all, it would have to be Seeker just because anytime I've ever played a team sport, I'm paying attention to the wrong place inevitably and just like not following what's going on. On like the, like There's no chart in my head to explain what everybody is fucking trying to do. So like Seeker, all you have to do is look for one thing and not run into anybody else yeah. mm-hmm. and not get hit by uh, one of the flying cannonballs trying to kill you. I mm-hmm. think I could manage right. that. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I have really bad depth perception too. So I think I would just get hit a lot. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I would love to be on a broom. I'm like a golden retriever in that I like, a lot of wind in my face and I like to put my head out the window of the car and I like a breeze. <laughs> I just think it would feel really fun to go so fast on a broomstick. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe on like I a like- closed loop, like an empty Quidditch stadium. <laughs> right, just right. doing loops. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just donuts. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I could subscribe to the views and the breeze and stuff, but I really don't think I would do well with the heights. Like, I can fly in a plane, oh, yeah. okay? But, like, the second I get on, like, a roller coaster or some kind of Ferris wheel, I'm just like, nope, uh-uh, I don't do heights. Yeah, I've had so many dreams of, like, falling. And, like, even... I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom right now. And, like, that involves a lot of, like, gliding mm -hmm. around on a paraglider. But sometimes you're so high up that you just free fall for a long time. And mm -hmm. it makes me actually, like, so anxious in some, like, deep core of my body. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God. We're about to fucking die. And then it's like, no, I have my glider. It's okay. It's also a video game. Yeah. They decide to all go to Diagon Alley. Uh, that's when Arthur can join them. And they need Arthur's added protection, I guess. Bill brings Harry some of his money from Gringotts because the security's been tightened and getting money is harder than usual. Um, tightened security, people can just go into other people's bank accounts and make want like random withdrawals. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, two days ago, Archie Philpot had a probity probe stuck up his <laughs> dot dot dot. Uh, probity probe, like like Junior is very bad at naming things, but probity probe, that's extremely bad. I I mean. It sounds like a lie detector butt plug. That's that's it what I'm getting from like this. It does sound like a lie detector butt plug. <laughs> that probably exists on some website. Do we think it vibrates? <laughs> the probity probe? I mean, magic. Uh, yeah. I th I th there's at least some kind of temperature change at the very minimum. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think magic always creates heat unless it's like an ice spell. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, probity probe. Also, Horrible. Also, so stupid. it seems Bill and Fleur are going to be staying at home while everybody else goes to Diagon Alley. So, uh, they go fuck? They go yeah, fuck. Right? I mean, they go yeah. fuck. Yeah. Especially in that house. Like, you don't mm. get many moments of privacy. I mean, absolutely. He's probably never been that. in that house by himself. I felt that way when I was a kid trying to... <laughs> I mean, I know Bill's in his 20s, but when I lived with my parents and I was trying to sleep with boyfriends, I was always like, damn, this house is always so fucking full of people. What is up with that? Yeah. They go to Diagon Alley. They ride ministry cars. Shouldn't they have just fucking left Harry at the borough? This is a huge security risk because he wants to go to, like, Target. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I he know. wants to stalk his crush. <laughs> he wants to exactly. Yeah. He doesn't know that yet, though. Yeah. I know. I do feel bad. Like, when they're on their way to Diagon Alley, I highlighted this. Um, Mr. Weasley's talking about, like, the increased security and why they got the cars. And Ron's like, I'm so excited we got these cars again. These are dope. And uh, Mr. Weasley's like, don't get used to it. It's only because of Harry. And Harry's just like, me. Like, he's like, really? <laughs> like, why is all of this because of me? Um, and I, I can totally, obviously, sympathize with that. It puts him in a real awk position. But also, he never, like, <laughs> addresses, like, all this extra, like, I don't know, like, hoops and barriers that the Weasleys always have to jump over for him. And I mean, obviously, they do it because he, they love him. But it's, he, it's kind of a lot. Could, he could ever say anything about it. Right. Yeah. And also, like, and I mean... Again, he's a child. You have to really like set know. the bar at We've an age appropriate level. For a level. long time, he's sixteen though, and my expectations are escalating. Yeah, but I mean, I wonder like how much money Bill got out of his very large vault and just handed to him, 
And then whenever um, Fred and George are trying to, like, charge Ron for stuff, I just would have been, like, if I was Harry, I just would have been, like, she, like, a few gold coins, a few galleons, you're right. Yeah. And just, like, I, I don't know. There's a thousand know. small ways he could be giving the Weasleys not even money, but, like, anything. Yeah. He gives them nothing. I know. I it bet he doesn't of, even help with the dishes. Yeah, it kind of bothers me a wee bit. But, and, and I, I, again... When I was reading this, and obviously now that I'm an adult, I'm always like, but he was young. And I'm like, I don't know He's if I was young. 16 if I would have been, like, as cognizant as Here's I am the now. Thing. I, I always say, like, Hermione does way too much emotional labor for these boys, and it's true. But she hasn't done any so far in this book, really. And so I feel like if I was Hermione, I'd be like, Harry, you know, I really think it would be a good gesture if you, like, made dinner one night or, like... Or like bought Mrs. Weasley a new XYZ. I thought saw that she's been needing one. Like I Hermione tends to step in about stuff like this mm-hmm. that Harry is like totally whiffing on. Mm-hmm. And this would have been a good opportunity for her. I do mm-hmm. that with my husband all the time. I'm like, you should walk your friends to the door when they visit. Like yeah. stuff I mean, like that. In in both Harry's and Hermione's defense, all of the stuff that we just brought up happened like this morning. And, like, Harry was not aware that it was going to be happening until it had already happened. Yeah, until it was done. That's Yeah, fair. Bill wasn't That's like, fair. I'm going to the bank. Would you like me to get money, money for right. you? <laughs> I, I am speaking very generally. Yeah, no, like, in, a, in a general sense. He could like, ever do anything. Like, in a general sense, that's absolutely <laughs> right. But, like, a lot of this, like, above and beyond shit that the Weasleys are doing for him right now is, like has just been sprung on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so, sure. Like, uh, and for also, sure. like, at the very moment when Hermione might have said something like, hey, maybe, like, grab one of those things Ron wanted and get it for free like you can. Uh, at that very moment, he spotted his gay crush walking down the street. Yeah. So yeah. And all, also, all bets were I'm off. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident Ron ended up getting, getting whatever was in his hands for free anyways. Because Harry just threw over the invisibility cloak. And oh, they, yeah, true. Like, and then he ended up having the extendable ears. So, like, I'm pretty sure he ended up nicking oh, yeah. a whole handful of stuff from his brother's stores anyway. Good for him. I said sub- they'd be proud. Fuck it. Harry <laughs> took this stuff. We'll yeah. allow it. Yeah. So they get to the Leaky Cauldron, and Hagrid is there. But the Leaky Cauldron is pretty empty. It's not a good time to be hanging about. They go on through the brick wall and into Diagon Alley. Except for it's all boarded up and sad. It really does. This really does feel like lockdown. It's like I going know. to Kroger mm-hmm. during lockdown. Yeah, and, and charlatans are out here selling like anti-evil stuff, which is and Mr. Weasley's pissed. He's like, I want to arrest or give citations to all these. <laughs> I want to write a peddlers. ticket to all these charlatans. All these peddlers. Molly starts listing all that they need to do. Hermione needs. Okay, Hermione needs new dress robes. For what? I know. I what literally was like, I'm for? so confused. Like, at a certain point, you know, like, per, like at their age, like, perhaps she, like, went up a cup size and, like, just actually couldn't actually uh, fit in her old stuff. You know, I'm thinking about just, like, you know, puberty and all that fun nonsense. But outside of that, like, for your school robes, that would make more sense, not necessarily for yeah, the dress, dress robes. robes. Yeah. If, like, oh. she's expecting to get asked on a date. Well, I, don't know. I guess... Like, they've got a wedding to go to next summer, but I guess if you think about it, how many She doesn't times even wear robes to that. She, yeah, well, like, how many? How often do they get to, like, go to Diagon Alley in the first place and go shopping? They so, make, like, like, she might be thinking, like, like, fuck, this is my one chance. Yeah, they definitely uh-huh. make it seem more sparring or sparingly than um, you would expect. Yeah. 
So they all split up, and the trio and Hagrid go to Madame Malkin's for robes while the others go get books. Enter Madame Malkin's. Um, Hagrid waits outside because he is large. Molly would never approve of that, but that's what he does. <laughs> and guess who's there? Sparkle noises. It's Draco. What's he been up to? My very first white, blonde-haired love interest. Oh. I think he might he might have started it all, Christina. I think wow. Draco never, is the number one. <laughs> you've never written a platinum blonde love interest in your life. <laughs> well, I, I think I just didn't even know that could funny. be an attractive thing until until Draco. Oh. And then anime made it worse. But Draco <laughs> was the number one. And it's it oh. literally in this chapter, his hair is described as white blonde. Like, I'm obsessed. Yes. Give me more. Oh, yes. and light gray eyes. His eye, like, I'm just like, yes, JKR, give me it all. <laughs> okay. Well, we're giggling now, but he immediately calls Hermione a slur. <laughs> oh. Uh, Madame Malkin, ally, says no to that, sir. But that yep. seems Good really upset to lose their business. So, I mean, make up your mind, lady. Because they do you march know. the fuck out. Hey, yeah. she needs to make a living... But she did say something, and that's great. Good for her. Yeah. They all go back and forth a bit. They're flirting. They are. I'm obsessed with this whole interaction. Like, this entire page, I highlighted so much. <laughs> like of the dialogue, like, I'm like, slay, like 30% slay, of it. <laughs> yes, really, this be does kinda, meaner. <laughs> this does kind of mirror... I fucking Dumbledore and Slughorn just a little bit like oh, yeah. wow y'all t- y'all are going at it like a pair of old queens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kara, do you want to read a couple of the choice lines from this exchange? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, Mommy Malfoy says if oh, and I really liked some of hers as well. So I think actually several of them are hers actually. Um, she says, if you attack my son again, I shall ensure that it is the last thing you ever do. Harry's just immediately like, really? <laughs> um, and then says a few other things. But going to get a few Death Eater pals to do us in, are you? And obviously the store owner's just like, oh, gasp, about to <laughs> swoon from that horrible language. Um, and then... <laughs> Just the way that she's described as, like, smiling unpleasantly, kind of like a wicked smile. Um, d- oh, and then great foreshadowing, of course. Dumbledore won't always be there to protect you. I was like, you're just spelling it out for us at this point. Um. So Narcissa, last time we saw her, she was losing her damn mind over this thing that Draco's mm-hmm. been asked to do to kill Dumbledore. And now I guess she's cool with it because she's like, oh, you better watch your fucking back. Dumbledore's not going to be around for long. My son's going to murder him. Exactly. She really swept the slip, uh, <laughs> flipped the switch there on that one. And then uh, immediately Harry claps back with, they might be able to find you a double cell in Azkaban with your loser of a husband. I was like, <laughs> snaps. Damn. What? And then, um, I love that he looks then, around the shop too. Like, wow, what do you know? He's not here right now. Try it, bitch. Right, exactly. And then finally, Malfoy finally jumps in and he's like, Don't you talk to my mother like that, Potter? And it's just like, okay, you literally could have stepped in a lot sooner. That got mm, way out of she hand. Was, she was handling it, I guess. 
And then finally, Narcissa kind of ends it by saying, I expect Potter will be reunited with dear Sirius before I am reunited with Lucius. And I was like, oh my Uh, gosh, like, heir to the heart, stop, don't bring up Sirius right now. Yeah, so I I really like Narcissa. I like what we've, like, her, the ch- her, her chapter with the Unbreakable Vow, Spinner's End, very fun. And I really think she's, like, an interesting character, interesting to fi- try to figure out her motivations and her history. And I especially love the role that she serves in the ending. But this is, like, the one chapter where I'm like, uh, mm, maybe she's lashing out because her world's falling to bits. But this behavior is inexcusable, Narcissa. Or especially with, like, a 16-year-old. I'm like, I think, I think she's kind of, like, losing her grip on herself, like, oh, quite yeah. a lot yeah. here. But I also kind of can, in a weird way, also, I mean, I obviously don't condone, but I can also, like... Um, understand like where she's coming from in that like anxiety spiral of being completely out of control like her one thing she could control a little bit was like her child draco and now he's like throwing himself into this um job that he's going to do for um voldemort and she kind of has and like the very like first thing that Malfoy says he's like yelling at his mom he's like I I'm not a child anymore like I can go shopping on my own I don't need you anymore like I think she's really teetering on this like 100% loss of control of things outside of herself and she's not chill with that and I think it's a very from what I heard I'm not a mother but very universal I think kind of struggle to like learn that um side of motherhood is like losing that maternal control yeah, I like there's I, I'm paying more attention to Narcissa in this read through because um, like these last two books are kind of the ones that I've reread the least out of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I am just really interested in her background and her motivations, like you said. Uh, and there was a moment in Spinner's End where like Bellatrix is just kind of blithely saying that like if I had sons I'd be happy to sacrifice them to the cause and and Narcissa just kind of like has this hysterical scream is her only reaction and I was like oh you just realized you're in a cult huh and I think that this is like this chapter and like most of this book are where she's like she knows She's aware, she sees what it's costing her and what it's already cost her, and she's just decided to double the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And wow. I think that's what this is. Like, mm-hmm. it, the, that's her only, all she has left is her son and her pride, and her son may not be long for this world. Yeah. So might as well double down. Oh my god, she's like, she just can't escape it. So she's like, I'll just fucking go with it so hard. Watch me. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of anger outside of this interaction aimed at Harry too, because Harry's the reason that Lord Voldemort was able to be corporal again. And um, I think that she is, like you, you were saying, internally realizing that this is like a bad situation that her family has found themselves all wrapped nice and tidy in. And yet she can't do anything about the anger towards Voldy, the one person who's standing in front of her right now who she can throw her anger at as the 16-year-old boy whose kind of fault it is by providing what was needed in order for Voldy to get his body back. So It's like, raise your hand if you've ever been victimized by Harry Potter's Gryffindor antics. (laughs) That would be her. Yeah. Oh, Narcissa. So, unfortunately, Narcissa and Draco decide to take their business elsewhere. 
So they leave. Oh, the fuck which, well. Yeah, it's probably for the best. <laughs> They're like, we'll, we'll go buy robes at the evil store down in the evil shopping district. <laughs> it's called Twilfit and Tattings. <laughs> That's like such a silly name. I, would, I, I was about to say I would never shop there, but now I'm like, I think I would shop there really hard, actually. <laughs> Can't tell. So they, Ron, Harry, Marnie, they get their robes. Great, whatever. They regroup with the gang, and then they head to Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. What the fuck is a wheeze? I need to Google this. Does anyone have an idea of what a wheeze is? I, nope. I mean, it might be other like than, a wheezing like laugh. A wheeze. Oh. That well, might be what they're actually, going for, yeah, but I, it, might, might. it might literally just be an alliteration thing. It says, um, according to Merriam-Webster's, an often repeated and widely known joke used especially by entertainers. Huh. Yeah, I've never heard that. No, I've, yeah, I've never heard that usage. But isn't it fun and like it's um it's pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. It is very and, spot on. I mean, the alliteration is top notch. Top notch, yeah. So and it and it also is kind of a double entendre because we'll have you wheezing laughing. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> LOL, you know poo. <laughs> Classic. I highlighted that. <laughs> I was like, that is just perfect. It's such a good, like, potty joke amongst this, like, apocalypse energy that we're going through right now. It's like, fuck you, we're not taking you seriously, eat shit. Yeah. Or don't, be be too constipated, see if we care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not to get too existential about this, too, and I think a lot of this, I think you're right, is very paralleling in our current minds with the pandemic and the, the lockdown, But immediately when I was just picturing this again at this point in my life of like walking down Diagon Alley, everything shut down and all of a sudden you see um, Fred and George's shop, I just immediately think I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, the world is on fire and end stage capitalism is still booming. You know what I mean? And I was just like, man, these people are making a profit off of like these very scared and oppressed folks. And I'm like, wow, this feels too familiar for comfort. Yeah. (sighs) At least they're making a profit by making jokes instead of the fucked up ambulance. Yeah. It's kind of for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. And I really loved, like, I absolutely loved, obviously, the like text the physical text in the book about you know the sign of the you know poo but it was even better when molly is like the, the line is her lips move silently mouthing the name you know poo like to herself <laughs> and i can just imagine that so perfectly of like just such a mom move i was like yes hilarious <laughs> um did both of you i read this or did either of you listen to the audiobook i, I can't do audiobooks I have just never listened to these audiobooks. I know they're fabulous. Um, I've just always read them with my eyes. Yeah, I have a lot too, but I do listen to the audiobooks sometimes. And I have the Jim Dale version from my library. And he reads, he has this like big old English man voice. Like it, it's a very dignified voice, like Alfred from Batman or something. But in, until he starts getting into the nitty gritty of like, for example, and this is a critique I've heard from other people before, his Hermione voice, horrifically offensive. It's awful. It's like no 70 year old man should be doing the voice of a 16 year old girl. Like, it's just not right. And then hearing him say things like, you know, poo, love it. That's top notch. <laughs> Having to hear him deadpan, you know, poo. Amazing. <laughs> 
Oh. Um, also, he he gave Narcissa like some kind of like Eastern European accent. I think he runs out of voices and then just starts handing out accents because Bellatrix has a French accent. His Hagrid's pretty good, but all of his women are very bad. Oh, that would be an immediate ick for me. That I, yeah, I it's, a, it's pretty big ick. Yeah, I have a pretty um, strong preference for just like, you know, I think general voice acting skills yeah, just across sure. the board. I don't even hold it against him that he can't do a Hermione voice because why should you? But it, literally, it's like, Harry, no, said Hermione. It's like so grating and it makes her sound so stupid. Anyway, it's awful. You're <laughs> making me want to not do the audiobooks more and more. <laughs> I've never listened to Stephen Fry. Who knows if he his versions are better? Okay, so they go into Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Not the easiest to say. WWW. The World Wide Web. It's packed in there. They can barely even see the shelves. I guess it makes sense. It's the only store that's open. Enter Fred dressed in violent magenta. I love it. Yes. Excellent color combo. No notes. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Yeah, really. Kara, uh, have you seen the Barbie movie? I'm literally going tomorrow. Oh, my okay, God. I can't, believe, I can't believe I've made it 50 minutes into this recording without mentioning Barbie once because it has changed my life since the last time I talked to you <laughs> listeners. I am waiting for it to change my life. I'm it's, very excited. It's pretty fantastic. Get hype. It's it's great. Yeah. I went into it with my Bogwitch energy thinking like, this will be fun, but it won't really be for me. Oh, no. no it There's was a Barbie for, for everyone. There's a Barbie. Yeah. Like, no, I, there was one for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I played Barbies a lot growing up, but I wasn't as emotionally attached to those toys as I was with, like, other types of toys. Like, I was really emotionally attached to, like, Pokemon and Pikachu and all, all the, again, more, like, anime-type stuff. But um, I still played them, and whenever people were, like, freaking out the week up into release, their PR was just fabulous, too, for, yeah. for Barbie. So I heard about it, you know, like, obviously a year in advance and then months, and then the the really week there was so much on social media, I was like man, people are really, really emotionally invested in this. And I was like, I'm excited to see it, but I'm not as emotionally invested as I was expecting myself to feel having had played with Barbies for so much of my childhood. But then the reviews started coming in and I started seeing posts and I just got so much more excited in a whole different way yeah. because yeah. The, the idea of like, and don't get me wrong, I knew this when Greta Gerwig was involved. I just expected this to be the way that it was going to be. But I love the idea of like, a Barbie setting, but so much deeper of like, you know, basically like lit fic Barbie. And I'm like, yeah, it's telling a bigger less. story. Yeah. I'm like, that hooks me. But just like yeah. Barbie wasn't hooking me. But now that I know how much it has impacted people, I'm like, I can't get there quick enough. No, it's like it's a movie that respects the actual way that Barbies got played with. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we did not just dress them up and then redress them up. No, 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 no. They went on fucking adventures. Yeah. And it also just, like, respects, like, every different, the people, like, the old ladies who helped invent Barbie and, like, people in our generation, our mom's generation, who had, like, the older Barbies and, like, even little kids who are still playing with Barbie. It's, like, it's for everyone. Okay, mm -hmm. I can't start. I, it actually really changed my life. The whole world has been sad since I saw it because I don't live in a Barbie world. <laughs> Honestly, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes is about the closest vibe anything yeah. has gotten since Fair last Saturday. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. So 
it, it, the narrative even says specifically that the magenta is bad. I think that it's the red hair maybe isn't. Or is it the best? <laughs> um, Fred's like, LOL, what happened to your eye, Hermione? And he, she's like, your fucking malfunctioning shit gave me a black eye. And he's like, oh, shit. And he's like, here, I'll fix it. I'll fix it for you. And she's I'm like, sure- is it safe? Um, that's a great question. Safer than whatever toy you played with that put you like this. <laughs> I tested on myself. Okay, but is it safe, though? What is it safe? I think that, like, as much as the, how- uh, as the Weasleys fuck around with each other. Like, I don't, I really don't think anyone wants to fuck with Hermione, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do love, she, like, straight up compliments them to Harry, but they overhear her. And then they're immediately like, you get that for free. We love you, girl. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. So Fred takes Harry off on a tour. Um, they have a look at some muggle magic tricks. That's a very cute, like, little novelty thing for them to be selling. And you know that, like, the shittiest muggle magic tricks, I'm sure, are very inexpensive at, co- you know, like, wholesale. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they're very easily importing these. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that had become, like, a part of the story the same way that, like, their backroom stuff does. Like, I wish that Ron had learned up close magic and, like, used it the way that, you know, the way it gets used at the end of Willow? I don't remember that. No, he's like a fucking, what's his name, wants to, like, do magic and he has magic tricks. And then at the end, he tricks an actual witch into thinking he can do magic because he uses a magic trick, but, like, like, up close magic. I don't remember that at all. It's so good. We need to rewatch that movie. Obviously, obviously. Willow's a great film. Um, what? Spoilers for Willow. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. George comes in. They do take Harry to the back room. It's the serious part of the serious shop. They are selling defensive items with shield spells for people who can't do magic good and want to learn to do other stuff good, too. Yeah. I think good that one. was a nice way to bring the previous book into this one, like with the shield hats and the cloaks and the shield gloves. Oh, yeah. And- yeah, that was a nice little throwback. I appreciated that. Because they were experimenting with an invisibility hat, right? They were experimenting with a shield hat that, mm-hmm. like, people would throw stuff at your head and then bounce off. And then the ministry oh. was like, oh, shit, we need 500. I'm talking yeah. about last year. I oh, think last we saw year. Them they were experimenting with yeah. an yeah, invisibility right. hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, were, they were, like, they taking it on it. and off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good for them. Yeah, and then again, there's some really good, like, foreshadowing with all these other things that are listed that Harry uses. The darkness powder. The yeah, that straight up saves his life a couple times, yeah. Yeah. Good for Junior for thinking ahead. Yeah. Harry gets some stuff for free. They tell him to take whatever he wants as their benefactor. Honestly, financial exchanges aside, like, I really love how the twins treat Harry, like, they really go out of their way to make him feel special and included. Like they make he they're trying to make him feel like he's their favorite brother. Yeah. And I just really love that. Mm-hmm. They're good boys. They are they're, good boys. All of the Weasleys are good boys. Fred and George, extra. Strong good mm-hmm. boy genes in that family. Shame about yeah. Percy. <laughs> Shame about <laughs> He he comes back a better boy than ever, okay? <laughs> It's recessive. That's all I'm saying. It's a recessive trait with Percy. <laughs> they have an employee. Her name's Verity. Wait. Oh, wait. I was going to say that that's the name of the 
muggle studies teacher who gets killed. That but was that's charity. Charity Burbage, yeah. not Verity. Yeah. She comes and she's like, Mr. Weasley, Mr. Weasley. <laughs> you know that's in her contract. <laughs> Mr. Weasley and Mr. Weasley. I hate that shit. <laughs> Come on. They are 18, just as a reminder. Yeah, that's why it's in her contract. so now we go look at the silly stuff love potions this gives the twins an opportunity to grill Ginny about dating dean thomas but she's definitely not having it and then we learn she dumped michael corner for being a bad loser i love this bitch she's like i'm gonna win and you have to be able to deal with that yeah honestly yeah. yeah say less we'd love to see it yeah. Jenny honestly is so much better in the books. Like she really is an icon. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the I love the way that it, like it takes both twins trying to finesse her around to not changing the subject to their merchandise. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't take it. You know why? Because you know who taught her everything she knows? Fred and George. <laughs> <laughs> Hoisted by their own petard. Yeah. <laughs> Taste your own medicine, boys. There's pimple erasers, pygmy puffs. Honestly, the pimple eraser sounds great. Yeah, I'd buy that. I literally am already buying like any random anti-pimple potion. You know what I mean? Like, I'll try anything. (laughs) So out the window, they see Draco Malfoy skulking about with his mama. Mm, Except it's not with his mama. Without his mama. Mm. (laughs) I can read my notes. I really I really do go full anchor man when I'm reading my notes. Like I don't I don't know what I'm saying. Um so they're Harry's like we have to go follow and they're like oh, do we though? Dude. He's like my gay dar is going haywire. He's clearly going to a gay club and we have to follow him and see what nefarious shit he's getting up to at the gay club in short shorts I assume. Get under the cloak. Yeah. <laughs> I like though how like Hermione like at the very beginning of them starting to follow him is oh I don't know Harry like she's you know like very weakly very meekly trying to like argue and then once she's under the cloak she's like they're gonna see our ankles and then she's the one who ends up you know like kind of walking in the shop after Draco and I'm just oh, like yeah. girl you really like were off that horse but once you got on you were full <laughs> she speed loves ahead. it She's she like, I on. forgot I love shenanigans. She's yeah, like, dude, she don't, get, don't get me into shenanigans. You know how I get when we're having shenanigans. <laughs> I won't be able Go to restrain full, myself. Yeah, full spy mode. So they do. They definitely don't really fit under the invisibility cloak altogether anymore. Um, but they go through Nocturne Alley following Draco into... He goes into Borgen and Burks. And they go hide somewhere. I don't... The only image I have is in the movie when they're, like, on a roof or some shit. I think they just... I think They just use extendable ears. Yeah, and I think they're probably just, like... What I envisioned when reading this is, you know, they have, like, windows like a a normal store shop would. And maybe they're just, like, off to the side. They throw the ear closer to the door. You know, Mm. it's just, you know, kind of... And also, they are mostly invisible, so... I don't think it's they're true. that far away. I definitely don't think they're on a roof. Well, I I don't think they're on a... I think it would be very silly for them to be on a roof. But I think in the movie, they are. They are. Right? And the it, it's still very, very silly. It's very yeah, silly in the Lord, movies. Yeah, it doesn't Lord. make sense. There's also she, a lot more people in the store in the movie, I think, too. Like, it's like a whole bunch of Death Eaters, not just Draco arguing with the guy. Oh. Yeah, that's different. So, they... Mar- Ma- Malfoy is inside arguing with Burke. 
Borgen. Berg. Eh, it doesn't matter. It's Borgen. It's Borgen, yeah. It's Borgen. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, there. He's asking about getting something fixed without bringing it in. He needs to be told how to fix it himself. This is a DIY project. No, fuck you. I'm not paying you to fix it. Yeah, this would irritate me if I worked in a store. Just I'd look be like, up do you want me to fix it or not, dude? Is it like, look it up on YouTube then? What the fuck's <laughs> <a> YouTube? <laughs> Borgen is like very dubious that it will work, but then Malfoy shows him something. What is it? Is it his dick? What? Is it his dick? No, that's inappropriate. He's a minor. He would never do that. Well, Borgen does <laughs> seem pretty freaked out, so... I, I, the implication is that it's his uh, death, dark mark to yeah, do. death eater mark, yeah. Is that on his dick? Is it, Haley, stop. He's a minor. I'm going to punch you right in the face. Just saying. I'm taking Harry's perspective on this. I guess with his parents' permission, he could have a tattoo on his dick, but I'm here to say it's none of our business. <laughs> the implication is that it's the dark mark on his forearm. Do we think that? I, I mean, probably. If it's probably. not on his dick, then yeah, probably his forearm. It's never confirmed if that's what this is. Like, I guess he just wears long sleeves always. Yeah, I think it's the only thing that makes sense because we know yeah. later on he has it. So um, we don't really know when he gets it, but it makes perfect sense. And it's a great, again, little nugget of foreshadowing for when he finally does show Dumbledore his mark. So, I mean, yeah. picture him in a T-shirt. You can't, can you? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. He, he always... I think he just... wearing a lot yeah. of black fabric. Well, thank God they go to school in Scotland. Yeah, like I'm the bog girl. Draco's for sure kind of a bog boy. So bog boy, yeah. Bog and the boy. Slytherin common room is definitely big bog energy. I know, this. right? Yeah. And it just fits his aesthetic perfectly. He's like picking up a girl, and he's like, "Hey, girl, you want to come back to the common room and see my bog? <laughs> <laughs> How about my tattoo?" <laughs> We don't really know what's going on here. Malfoy is like, I want teach me how to fix this one. Keep that one safe. Don't sell it to anyone. So there's like two things and like one's broken and one's here. I guess. Basically what Malfoy is doing right now is being like the petty crimes that you've been doing this whole time. I'm currently implicating you in actually quite a serious crime that's going to take place about eight months from now. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is, though. Just, just uh, tell me just with it. Fucking shut up and bill us. Okay. And at the end of the day, I'm sure he cares a lot more about that. Because he was kind of, you know, he's a nocturnally. He's already in that crowd. He already knows. Mm. He knows the deal. He's already as long got as the he's tattoo. Paid, as long as he's getting paid. Oh, true, true. Malfoy leaves. Hermione is like, I have an idea. And then she goes into the shop. Brave, stupid, stupid, brave, stupid girl. And attempts improv. You don't belong. Your improv, her improv is so bad. Just, just, it's, it's. <laughs> It's the split second impulsive confidence. I feel like she's. Yeah. I, I almost feel like Hermione is like in therapy and like working on herself and working on her like self confidence and is like, no, this is the year that I just start lying to people's faces. I'm going <laughs> to do it right now with someone I don't have to feel bad about. And it doesn't go well. It doesn't go that well. It, it doesn't go well at all. Oh, Hermione. Just keep lying, girl. You'll figure it out. I think she, she does. Eventually, she, she does, does a good job. I mean, she's, she's pulled a few lies, like, on the spot before and, and managed. 
But yeah. it's always been under extreme duress. Right, In book right. seven, there's a lot more opportunities for lying. Mm. And she steps up to the plate. Yep. Agreed. So she pretends to be, like, perusing. <laughs> Borgen is like, what are you doing here? So Hermione pretends that she wants to get Draco a birthday present. <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to get him something that he already has. So, like, did he want something here? <laughs> okay, literally, while I was reading this, I was like, there is one better way you could have swung that that just would have made a smidgen more sense. Uh, you could have played, like, the whole girlfriend card and been like, I need to know what he's going to get me. I Like, you don't want it to be a surprise, you know? So, like, try and get, like, oh, did, you know, is he buying something for me? And play it off kind of like the more, you know, like, type A, control, yeah, dynamic right, type girlfriend girl. Type yeah. <laughs> like, that would have made just a smidgen more sense instead of, oh, yeah. I want to get him a present, make sure it's not the same thing. No, I would have been like, that little boy was my boyfriend. Is he buying me a present? Because if so, what is it? Yeah, she could have pulled that off, I think, a little bit more authentically as well. I think that Harry would have had an easier time with that lie. (laughs) That's my boyfriend. Well, Harry is inherently a better liar. He is not nearly as bothered by that type of reconnaissance type jobs. I feel like (laughs) at this at this stage in the story. It's true. Um, So Borgen kicks her out, obviously. Um, surely he tells Draco about this? Probably, but what's Draco gonna fucking do? He's planning a murder. Yeah, and it is Hermione Granger. He's like, oh god, I don't have time for Hermione to get wrapped up in this. Right, I'm also sure that Borgen won't know her name. He might be like, some girl, you know, with brown hair, and Draco's yeah. like, I literally could, couldn't care. Like, I don't know what you're telling me this for. No, um, did she have hair? Was it brown? Wow. That's so helpful. So many girls have brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he thinks it really was his not really girlfriend uh pansy parkinson oh yeah mm. so the trio goes back to the joke shop and pretends they were there all along don't even worry about it we were what well, we were in the back room. Uh, just a version of gaslighting yeah yeah <laughs> honestly a little bit there gaslight gape keep gay crush really yes wow that's the end of the chapter yeah short and sweet Kara, what was your favorite moment in this chapter? Honestly, the the verbal assault in the mm. in the shop, that was my favorite part. I was like kicking my feet, giggling at him fighting with a grown woman. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Hell yeah. Haley, favorite moment? I have to say uh, Fred and George trying and failing to grill Ginny about her love life in their own house. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. That's Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss also. Yes. Oh, you said Gay Crush last I time. I mean... Well, this time it's Girl Boss. <laughs> My favorite moment was Molly Weasley wordlessly mouthing, you know poo. Uh, that it. was another and, really good one. That might be like, my second favorite. They're gonna favorite. get murdered. <laughs> I think she specifically says, they'll be murdered in their beds. Yes. (laughs) And there's no, nobody talks her out. Ron's just like, oh, well, no, they won't. And they carry on. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) she's really stressed right now. (laughs) They're 18 and they'll live forever. (laughs) Kara, do you have any like final notes or stuff we didn't touch on or something you wanted to circle back to about this chapter? I don't think so. You got everything. I literally just checked off every single part of my notes that I was hoping to comment on. So I think we did a good coverage. Oh, my gosh. So said the Ravenclaw. I'm honored. 
you know, always got my notes. Haley, any last words? Mm, no, no. I think I think we about covered it. This is a pretty short and sweet chapter. Yeah. Cool. Tina, well, last words? I know, it's good. All right. <laughs> Could have been gayer, as I always say. <laughs> Couldn't it always? It could always be just a little bit gayer. That's what fan fiction's for. <laughs> wow. Hell yeah, it Ain't is. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> Kara, where can people find you on the internet? So uh, probably the number one place that will be the most consistent is my website. It is my name, carabattlementi.com. You can find Linked all in the, the show up- notes. Yep, that will give you all the updates, and also you can sign up for my newsletter in case you are interested in all the other witchy fiction I may, probably will, publish in the future. And then um, you can also find me on TikTok and Instagram. That is where I am probably the most active. My handles are at author Kara Battlementi, and then I'm also on Twitter very, very sparingly because, you know. Yeah. Um, but that it's all, I think my handle is also either author Kara Battlementi or just Kara Battlementi. So yeah, if if you you type in my first and last name, you'll you'll find me in most of the major platforms. Yeah, and everyone should pre-order Cursed Coven. Whoop whoop. It's linked in the show notes. It's linked on the website. It's linked on the socials. Definitely pre-order Cursed Coven. It's a really fun romp of a book. If you're in a reading slump, it'll get you out. Like, it's just, it's fun. It's easy to read. I totally recommend it. Thank you, friend. Kara, what's something that you've been reading or writing? Or no, not (laughs) not writing. We already did that. Reading or playing or listening to or watching lately that you think our listeners would enjoy? Um, Oh, my goodness. So um, reading uh, all fantasy romance right now, usually I like genre hop. I'm able to go from like, you know, a fantasy to a romance to a lit fic and then on and on and Mm -hmm. on. Right now, I'm just binging fantasy romance, like all of the really hyped stuff right now. So like I read Fourth Wing and One Dark Window and Divine Rivals, all three of them back to back. And I have never had so many five-star reads back-to-back. It's been a truly perfect reading summer. Perfect summer for my reading list. And then um, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then I am currently drafting the finale, so the third installment of the Curse Coven series. So I've been listening to a lot of hardcore emo music from my past because (gasps) the third book is emo, and it just fits the vibe. Um, And so I am all you know, a day to remember all day long, every day. It's been great. (laughs) And then watching, um, I am a big TV and film fanatic as well, but um, really it depends on, you know, if you're asking about movies or TVs. Um, I just really watched a good anime that I am a big fan of. It is called Link Click. And it is about kind of like um, being able to jump into the past through a picture and you can live oh. whatever sequence of events occurs after that picture for 12 hours. And it ends up being like a sick, twisty murder mystery. So Whoa, stinking good. So cool. The okay. second season just dropped and you can watch it on Crunchyroll, which is an anime streaming service. So if you're looking for if you're an anime fan and you're looking for something that'll blow your socks off, I highly recommend Link Click. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for the recommendation. I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to check that out. It is so good. It's one of the best I've seen in a long time. Hell yeah. Haley, what are you plugging this week? 
I recently found out that a favorite author of mine from my youth, um, who isn't canceled, is actually ant is actually the reverse of canceled. Um, Animorphs. Yes, K. A. Applegate of Animorphs, um, Whoa, who yes. is not only supportive of trans fans, but I believe has a trans kid. Um, yeah. Who she is supportive of. Uh, I found out recently that one of the extant um, Animorphs books is available in PDF form, I think with the author's uh, sanction, um, and it's from the perspective of, like, the main villain of the series, who is a parasitic mind-controlling slug that lives in the head of uh, one of the main character's moms. So it's Whoa. that character, it's like the story of that character, like from its own perspective and is absolutely fascinating because it's like an alien invaders view of humanity from like a human eyes view. Um, it's called Visser. I, and I'll send you the link, Tina, so you can put it in the show notes, but it's like, Thank you. It's a very short, like, one afternoon read. You don't really need to know anything else about the rest of the series. Uh, it's, it, on its own, it reads just like a fucked up sci-fi short story, um, or novella, I guess. But that, that's kind of what the whole series is. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. uh, K.A. Applegate, Visser, and you can find me currently nowhere online. Sorry. That's perfect. <laughs> no, that's great. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week, I'm going to plug the Barbie movie. I'm just a Barbie girl trying to build a Barbie world. You know what I mean? <laughs> Round of applause. I expect more from everyone now that we're in a post-Barbie post Barbie life, you know? Yep. Everybody just do better. Do Barbie. You know what I mean? You said it, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Kara, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Draco's Detour. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you. Yeah, you too, Haley. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. And Haley, as always, thank you for coming along for the ride. Hey, anytime, anytime. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Hooray. And that's mm -hmm. where I'll end the episode. That's it, Podheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. We are... Not the Crystal Gems. We are the Bits. The Bits, The Bits, The Bits. A Steven Universe review podcast. Celebrating the 10th anniversary of a show that's very near and dear to our hearts. So get ready to cry with us. And try our best not to sing. As we rewatch one of the gayest shows of the 2010s. New episodes coming out to you every Friday. Featuring your favorite host, Charlie. And Robert. 
okay, I have my recording and my backup recording and my backup backup recording because both my main recording and my backup recording <laughs> have both been giving me different issues recently. So I'm like recording my own voice three ways. I dare you audio to mess this up. Dave X Media.